0: This is Bill Lytell, again, with Wisdom for Your Walk, senior pastor at Gospel Baptist Church. Uh, I I have a subject that I want to talk about that is maybe one of the most controversial subjects in the New Testament among good, godly believers who love Jesus. Um, Everyone has to kind of settle on what the Bible says in some of these areas of controversy. What I mean controversy is it means good men disagree on something. Um, The liberals, we don't count what they think. They don't believe. They don't have the Holy Spirit, moderates even. Who knows whether they're saved. People who believe the literal method of interpretation. They believed um, first mention, last mention, comparative mention of Scripture. They believe in the uh, common sense uh, tools of interpretation. Not to take one verse out of context, make it say what you want, <clears throat> but to excuse me, to compare all the verses uh, with with each other and come up with a whole, because the Bible is a whole, not just a little fragments. The Bible says no scripture is any private interpretation, and that means no individual scripture says at all. You got to take the whole of the Bible. That's why immature believers have so much trouble, and that is why they mess stuff up, and that's why it's careful. They need to be careful to hold their peace until they become familiar with the Word of God, which would take um, 15 to 20 years of serious reading and study and comparison before they start making a bunch of comments uh, about about the Bible, I would think. You need to be careful. Uh, we don't despise youth, absolutely not. We know young people can know things and have great insight, sometimes even more than the old boys. But uh, overall, that's not true. Uh, The the age and experience of a person makes a difference in the quality and temperance of what they believe. I want to talk to you about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Uh, My my take on the Bible, I'll just give you my opinion. I'm going to show you a couple of quick verses. Uh, This is a lengthy study. could take hours to go through in a classroom. And I'm going to try to condense this in about five, six minutes. The Bible teaches in the New Testament not the Old Testament, but the New Testament teaches Jesus clarified, deepened the responsibility of marriage. Uh, Deuteronomy 24, under the law, you could just about divorce a, a wife if you didn't like her, as long as you gave her a writ of divorcement. Divorce meant remarriage. There would be no reason to give somebody a writ of divorcement if they did not, if they did not want the ability to get remarried. So divorce in, inherently uh, has to do with remarriage. Most divorced people I know get remarried. It's just a fact of life. It's also a fact of scripture. So you read Deuteronomy 24. A lot of people in the New Testament want to go to Deuteronomy 24 and say, oh, there's my guide. Jesus contradicted that. The Pharisees challenged him on it, and he contradicted that. He said that was not the way it was in the beginning. It was Adam and Eve, and that's the way God's model was. It was Adam and Eve for life. Till death do us part, rich or poor, sickness and health, till death do us part. So uh, that was the teaching that God originally said. In fact, Jesus clarified it even uh, in Matthew chapter, or, yeah, Matthew chapter five, Matthew chapter nineteen, um, Mark chapter ten, Luke chapter sixteen, and you can look at them later. I'm not going into them, uh, but what I am going into is a is a is a further clarification of marriage, divorce, and remarriage uh, as we go down through the epistles, the uh, Holy Spirit revealed through Paul, Book of Romans, Book of First Corinthians a uh, very specific command about marriage. I'm not going through the whole context of the uh, 7th chapter of Romans and the 7th chapter of 1 Corinthians, but I, you're just going to have to do that later. But the context here is uh, the struggle we have between in the flesh, and he says in chapter, Romans chapter 7, let me read it to you, verses 1 through 3, Know ye not, brethren, I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Conclusion. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. He's setting up an illustration there. Uh, of, of being saved by the grace of God. But it is a real illustration. Illustration means nothing if it's not true. An illustration given must be true to life or it cannot be meaningful. So some people try to say, well, it's just an illustration for what he said later in the chapter. Yes, but the illustration must be true uh, or it doesn't mean anything to the application. So we go to First Corinthians chapter 7, and there's a very complicated, very intricate argumentation here about marriage. It's not good for a man to touch a woman. Uh, about a, what, what, is a, what is a virgin, if a virgin marries or doesn't marry. What about a married woman who gets divorced from her husband? She used to seek to, be, uh, to go back to her husband. But here he, he ends up with a the conclusion. The, the Paul's argumentation method in the New Testament is he, he, he shows the doctrine, the teaching, and then he comes with an application. Uh, We learn our preaching methods that way. We have doctrine. We teach doctrine, first part of the message. Then at the end of the message, we begin to apply it. In school, they used to teach me, uh, if you don't apply uh, the doctrine, you don't preach. Uh, Preaching is the application of teaching. It's the application of the doctrine. Some people can teach something without applying it, but you cannot preach something without applying it. And so preaching is the application of the truth that you just taught. And so it says in verse 39, and that's the uh, 39 and 40, the last two verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, a very complex but very clear passage about marriage, divorce, and remarriage. He says, The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. Now, doesn't that sound familiar? In fact, that is a quote of Romans chapter 7. That's interesting. Now, something said once in the Bible is big. Under inspiration, it's absolutely forever settled in heaven. But if it's said twice, two, three, four, five times, it just gives it more credibility all the way through, even though it has all the credibility it needs with me on one mention. But it says the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, physically dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she, she will only in the Lord. I'll be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, of course. That goes to uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through 7-1. So she's happier if she abides after my judgment, as I think, and you know, I have spirit. He was single. And basically, about I think about 10 times as I count, some people count seven, through this chapter, he recommends singleness. So there goes a the whole deal about marriage being the best way. But not everybody can have that power. Not everybody, uh, people that are single struggle with lust problem. It's better to marry than burn in lust. And so he recommends marriage. Uh, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. If you're not married, stay away from her. Stay away from women, don't look at them, don't meditate on them, because you'll begin to lust in your heart. Jesus said, if a man looks on a woman lusts after her, he commits adultery in his heart. And so under grace, our heart matters, not just our actions. Under law, our actions mattered, but under grace, our heart and actions both matter. And so it's it's a deeper, wider obedience. It is. So those two verses. Now look, you don't have to have a degree in theology, in your Bible, Greek, and Hebrew knowledge to know what those verses say. Uh, A woman is bound to her husband, and a husband will be bound to a woman, obviously makes sense, uh, as long as each of them live. If one or the other died, then you're free to go ahead and remarry. Now look, argue with that all you want. Go to the Exception Clause of Matthew and try to say that, even though that was for the Jewish marriage method, which was to be betrothed before they came together. And yeah, I don't have time to go into the Joseph and Mary situation, but the, the exception clause is for the Jewish method of marriage, which was legal before consummation. And so the consummation may not be a year down the road. The girl may uh, the, or the boy may do something wrong. If it did, then there could be a divorce and, and there could be remarriage because there was never consummation. So the bottom line is consummation after legal marriage is what seals the deal with God. So you have legal marriage, public marriage, Then you have consummation. That is forever settled. You are the two become one flesh. And what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Man, I'm putting a lot of stuff in a short time here. I know it may confuse you, but re-listen to it. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Romans chapter 7. Read them again. Go back over them. What I'm saying to you, dear soul, is the Bible says, "...he that covers his sins shall not prosper. He that confesses and forsakes shall have mercy." We have a lot of Christians out there who have been taught false doctrine that you can divorce and remarry, divorce and remarry, divorce and remarry under grace. That is a false doctrine. It's a heresy. It's not Bible. There's no Bible for that. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple little verses they try to hang on, but for sure the, the uh, paramount teaching of Scripture in New Testament is once you're married, uh, you cannot break that marriage bond except for death. And that's not symbolic death. There's no indication anything in that passage that talks about symbolism it's talking about death physically. You always take it in its literal, normal sense when you come across it. You don't add symbolism to a word unless there's indication in the passage that there needs to be symbolism. Like, it'll say, like, as, or as. And it doesn't say that about death. It is death. It's a literal, open, natural method of interpretation. We do everything. So, you come in to a marriage. You have legal marriage, public, witnessed. You have consummation physically, you are bound to that person as long as that other person live it. If you go and divorce from that person legally, and then go marry another, the Bible says you should be called an adulteress or adulterer. Now, what does that mean for the Christian? Do you ever live in a state of adultery? No, no, no. When I lie, what do I do? I go to God and say, God, lying is an abomination before you, and I repent of it, and he forgives me. I confess my sins. He's faithful. Just forgive me. cleanse me from all unrighteousness, all unrighteousness. When a person as uh, a Christian or, or non-Christian, gets married, uh, everything's consummated, they get divorced, and they're remarried, they commit the sin of adultery, the sin of adultery. Now, what does a born-again Christian do with the sin of adultery? You, get, you repent of it. You go to God and ask Him to forgive you of your sin. You see, you confess. You you agree with Him. It's wicked. It's adultery. And God, you don't go divorce that second husband or second wife or third wife or third husband. You do not divorce. You stay married because you com- you will complicate your sin even more. Uh, but you stay married to that person for life by the grace of God, and uh, and you. Ask God, both of you should kneel beside your bed as husband and wife, confess that God says it's adultery that you committed, and that's it. If you agree with God that it's adultery, it's adultery, and you get to be free. That doesn't mean there are no consequences for sin. That's a whole other topic I'll do later on. Every sin encapsulated in it has consequences this side of heaven, but it does mean that your spirit is free, and your soul has been washed in the blood of Christ, and you're free. I hope this helps you. Uh, It's short, it's quick. But if you look it over, it's really the whole teaching of divorce and remarriage in the New Testament.